0: This is How Did I Get This Far? A podcast tackling the basic skills and knowledge that we all completely missed learning. Soon enough, you'll stop having to ask yourself, how did I get this far? On this episode, wait, spending more than 30% of my credit card limit can actually lower my credit score? It's time to find out, how did I manage my money this far? After much request, we are finally going to make sense of managing our money. To help us today is Taylor Price. She is the founder and CEO of Tap Intuit, a platform offering financial education to help individuals take control of their personal finances and make money work for them. Taylor and her company have been featured on Yahoo Finance, USA Today, Thrive Global, Bloomberg, and more. And she also shares her financial literacy tips to almost a million TikTok followers, tens of thousands of Instagram followers, and YouTube subscribers, And to her listeners on her podcast, What the Finance. Taylor, from one podcaster to another, welcome to How Did I Get This Far?
1: Guys, I am so excited for this podcast today with Amanda.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Um, How did you create the space to make learning financial planning more approachable?
1: first off, it is what I wear within my social media. I'm not wearing a suit and tie. I'm not dressed up. I'm not wearing makeup. I'm literally wearing sweatpants, uh, sweatshirt. My hair is up in the bun most of the time. I'm not wearing any makeup. I literally just make it as casual as can be and make it the most informal topic that can ever be discussed because finance is something it's it's boring. People don't want to talk about it. And they normally associate finance with suit and tie, very professional. You have to, no cursing, no no <laughs> jokes, no nothing. And so I kind of challenge that status quo and try to make it bubbly, fun, exciting, also relaxing, you know, with it, the sweatpants and sweatshirts.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Well, I love that you make it more uh, something that we can actually learn and learn with some fun so we'll start off with a game to get it going we'll get your wealth of knowledge here with the good advice bad advice game I'll share tips that I've gotten from the internet and you can decide if that advice is good or bad the first one is you should cut your morning latte to save money
1: this totally depends on your necessities and your financial situation me personally, I don't really go out to Starbucks or get those morning lattes out from anywhere. If anything, I'll make my own tea at home. But if it's something that you absolutely love, I'm not going to hold you to it and say, no, you can't get it. Because at the end of the day, we want to use our money to make us what with what's most happiest in life. So if you absolutely love those lattes, go for it. But just remind yourself that that $3.99 or however much your latte costs could be invested, it could be saved, and it could be eventually going to one of your longer-term goals, like getting a car, buying a house, going on a nice vacation, a bougie vacation, or something like that.
0: Mm, Yeah, when you put it that way, a latte and then a trip to the Bahamas. mm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, the next one. Now, this number I may or may not have exactly right because I feel like every website said something else. You shouldn't spend more than a third of your after-tax salary on your rent.
1: Yes, that that's true. Most people really, um, so many people, all of their expenses are really going towards rent. And so uh, that's, that's, I agree with that.
0: Okay. All right. Then I guess that number was right, whichever website I pulled that one from. Um, to practice good spending habits, have an all-cash diet.
1: Not necessarily. Um, this goes into a huge controversial topic between good debt and bad debt and our credit cards. Good. Our credit cards, not good. If you're in thousands of dollars of debt, stay away from credit. You're clearly not in the financial situation to take on more debt. However, if you are financially savvy, if your budgeting is going well and you want to take out some good debt, Guys, good debt is something like taking out a mortgage on your home because in five to 10 years from now, um, depending obviously on your mortgage, hopefully your house will appreciate and you'll be able to make your money work for you. So if you bought a house, a uh, hundred thousand dollars, real estate appreciates 3% um, annually on average per year. So you would make an additional X amount of money for every year every year that you held your real estate. So depends on your financial situation. I'm one for credit. I like good debt. Um, I think it's something that's necessary.
0: Yeah, we should definitely touch on the idea of good debt versus bad debt. We'll do one Mm -hmm. more for this game, and then we'll start from the beginning and definitely work our way to understanding debt. Okay, the last one for the game. Checking your credit score too often makes your score go down.
1: Again, this really depends on what platform that you're using. If you're using a platform like Credit Karma, it doesn't harm it. If you're using an actual like FICO credit score where you have to pay for this, you have to get that report in a physical paper report, it may or may not, depending on what time of the year it is, what your expenses are. There's a difference in credit between hard pulls and soft pulls, a little bit complicated um, just like, for example, when you want to go get rent and they ask you, hey, what, what's your your credit? Um, we need to do a credit pull. Um, this is typically a hard credit pull, which will decrease your credit score. So just up in the air again.
0: OK. All right. Well, these are why these are questions that we don't know the answers to because there's yes. a lot of detail there. Um, mm-hmm. But OK, that's good to know because I thought it was any credit website, but it Mm -hmm. It depends. All right. So we'll go to some basic questions first. I'd love to talk about just the concept of the value of money, not necessarily what's a dollar worth, but just the emotional tension that comes with talking about money. Can you talk about like if there's like a right way to go about that conversation? Who should we have that conversation with? Should we be keeping some of our finances like quiet? What are are your thoughts about that conversation?
1: I like to say you don't know what you don't know. And so when it talks about conversations of money either people assume that you have to have a family who's openly talking about money or with today's age you're able to follow people like myself on social media (laughs) that talk about money openly talk about financial stresses financial situations and the emotional stress with money is something that people don't want to unveil like I know so many friends, family who've gotten divorced out of financial stress because of they couldn't pay their bills, um, this and that. And so I think personally, by having this conversation and challenging the status quo, you're able to change your present, um, your present time now and hopefully build a better financial future. Um, That's how I learn at least.
0: Yeah, definitely. So to get specific, what are some of the things we should be talking about? Like, should we be telling people how much we're making or how much we're saving or what we're saving for? Are there any specifics that are kind of no-nos or, or things we should do?
1: Yeah, um, definitely ask, um, how much should I contribute to my retirement? How should I budget? These things, they don't have to be exactly specified. Like if you're making 35000 a year, you don't have to say, I make 35000 a year. You can ask, Um, how do I budget for lower income salaries, something along those lines and at least start to build the conversation. Then something along the lines of budgeting, somebody might say, okay, you need needs, wants and your savings, depending on that, split up your salary into different percentages. Needs, maybe 50% wants, maybe 20% uh, and savings may be 30%. So You don't have to use exact numbers. However, I do prefer it. But if you're uncomfortable, which I understand it's again challenging the status quo, you have to start somewhere. Um, Just using percentages is perfectly okay, too.
0: Okay, great. Well, you segue great into basic budgeting. Uh, So I know you kind of mentioned the percentages. Are there any other tips you have as far as determining a budget if you really need to do a budget and maybe some resources on? what to do to make that budget
1: i think budgets are necessary failure to plan is a plan for failure mm. so if you're not planning for your financial future and you're not budgeting and planning for your goals how do you expect to get to them mostly everything in this life costs money money allows you to buy experiences or to get experiences whether that be for you painting drawing traveling, doing things that you may absolutely love, money can buy you that. And so it's really important to start budgeting. And especially when you're young, um, and you only have cash, use the envelope method, which is literally take a few envelopes, write down, okay, this is my food money, you can put like $50 a week at the cafeteria or something like that for your food. And then $100 goes into your savings and you place that within your envelope. And this is for also people who don't feel comfortable with credit yet and still want to keep on doing um, cash payments.
0: Okay, great. Uh, Are there any other tips? I, I think the envelope makes a lot of sense. Are there any other ways to kind of hold yourself accountable with making sure you stick with this budget you're making?
1: Friends, friends, family, (laughs) this goes all ties back into talking about your financial situation. Like, hey, if you're in student loans, and you're trying to pay off student loans, maybe have an accountability buddy where they may have student loans too, and start setting goals and start gamifying and making challenges like, hey, I'm going to save a $100 this month or this week, depending on your financial situation. And maybe your friend can say, Oh, I'm going to save 115 and try to one up you or something along those lines. But obviously, um, don't make it negative in that sense. Just try and be positive, uplifting and gamify it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think another thing when it comes to what to do with your money is also saving for the future. I think there's a lot of misinformation not even misinformation. I think there's no information uh, when it comes to especially with retirement. Um, so I'd love to kind of talk about that. I mean, I- I'm young, I'm sure the people listening are young enough that retirement isn't something immediately in their future, but should we be saving for that right now? How much should we be saving if you know if some people work in a company where you know the money isn't going to a 401k and also what is a 401k? If you can just touch on all of my questions at once, I would love for that. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about planning for the future. Yes.
1: The earlier you start, the better. Albert Einstein once said compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. So you can actually open up a Roth IRA with your parents earlier than 18. But if you're independent and 18, start then. Um, If you're 22, start now. Literally, you guys listening to this podcast right now, Go check it out right after this. um, Go to different websites that offer Roth IRAs in the United States. And with that, by the time you're 59 and a half years old, when you're able to take out that money that you've been contributing to, it'll be so much from when you first started because of the power of compound interest. On average, the S&P 500, which is the top 500 corporate American companies uh, in the United States, average about eight to 12% returns. So you can only imagine if you're investing the the max, I believe is 6,000 um, for 2020 um, within your Roth IRA, then you can only seriously imagine what that is going to be worth when you're 59 and a half years old when you can take it out. It's really important to note though that guys, this is money that's pretty much locked up. It's not something that you touch. It's not something that you can take out and go get sushi with or go get Starbucks with. It's there for a long time. And if you do try and take it out, you will be penalized 10% of that contribution. So when you're first starting out, it really may not be worth it. Um, Definitely take that into consideration when you're budgeting and not only have your retirement, but have that emergency fund.
0: So is it better if, I guess, if you're on the younger side to put the money elsewhere so that it's not completely un- untouchable? Um, mm-hmm. I guess there's obviously, we'll talk later about where to put your money. But as far as um, retirement, is it really not necessary right away? It's kind of as you're slowly getting older, then start putting money in there. or What do you think?
1: Start putting money in there now. The If you can do $20 a week, put in $20 a week. One thing that I will have to say though, is that you need an emergency fund. You have no idea what tomorrow is going to bring. You have no idea what the next hour is going to bring. Next thing you know, you can be in a terrible car accident or your family's in dire financial stress and situation and need your help or something along those lines. And you may never know that a pandemic would come up and that you'd suddenly lose your job. And now you have no idea how to make your your next payment for food or for rent or something along those lines. And so having three to six months savings of your income is something that's absolutely necessary. Um, so I would highly suggest trying to start that first and then really work towards your
0: retirement. Okay, now earlier you said Roth IRA. Did I say that right? Um, and then I know there's like, <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. Um, and then just a regular IRA. I believe it's two separate things. Can you, as, as dumbed down as you can, explain what those are?
1: Yes. So traditional versus Roth IRAs. Roth IRAs are taxed advantage retirement accounts. What I mean by this is that when you start contributing money, so you're putting $20 a week. Uh, you will be taxed now rather than later. This is completely opposite to a traditional IRA in that when you're contributing that $20, you'll have to pay taxes on it at 59 and a half years old. Mm -hmm. What this does is that basically it helps you, the Roth IRA first helps you compound more, but also lets you show the real amount of money that you would be taking out for retirement. When you see your traditional IRA, let's say you see $1 million, guess what? Like 30 to 40% will have to be taxed rather than the Roth IRA. If you see $1 million, it's already tax, tax-free money because you've already paid taxes on it when you first contributed.
0: Got it. Yeah, that that would definitely be a huge disappointment thinking if you didn't pay the taxes and being like, oh, my God, I have a million dollars. Like, no. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that actually leads me into talking about credit cards because I feel like it's the same thing where you think you have all this money and then you realize like, no, you just haven't paid your credit card bill yet. Um, so we'll talk about that. What are some tips with I guess I don't even know if you have the advice on picking a bank not even just a credit card but just like knowing what bank to use I don't know what the difference is between the different banks I think people just go with whatever their friends or family uses um, and then we'll talk about actually going between uh, picking a credit card and then maybe even just going with I'm going too far let's start with the banks what do you think about that <laughs>
1: It honestly depends on your circumstances. If you're a small business owner, you're going to want to have a bank that's accessible to get small business loans. If you're just a student, maybe you want to get a, a bank that has some advantages for students. And this tying into more of credit, similarly, credit cards are have these amazing benefits that If you're a student, for example, and you get a 4.0, you're able to receive cash back for achieving good grades. So there's banks for different kinds of needs. There's banks for traveling. There's banks for small businesses. There's banks just for everyday people. It really just depends on your financial situation. One thing that I do have to note is that in today's society, you want a bank that has online banking. If they don't have an app on the app store, try and get try and get one a bank that has an app on the app store. And two, make sure it's FDIC insured. What this means is that your money within the bank is insured up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars single or five hundred thousand dollars married. And for example, let's say you held a whole bunch of cash, you held 250,000 at your house and your house caught on fire, you most likely would not be insured because it's not FDIC insured at your household. But at the bank, uh, when you're keeping this money inside a bank account, if let's say the bank catches on fire or something happens with the bank and the bank gets robbed, you are insured up to $250,000 of that money.
0: Okay. Well, that is good to know. Again, with this emergency money, we got to make sure we got that emergency money. Um, Okay, so we picked a bank. Now, um, before we go into picking a credit card, can you go over deciding when to use a credit card versus a debit card? I know we kind of touched that the all cash thing is, is not really always really the right way to go. But what about the debate between a debit and a credit card? I like to use credit cards for
1: subscription purchases. It's a really easy way to get a good credit score. So if, for example, if you have Hulu or Netflix, you can place it just right on your credit card and every single month, turn on those automatic payments and that will increase your credit score because something, a very small payment is going through your transaction and it actually helps your credit score. For example, if you did, Let's say you have a thousand dollar credit limit um meaning that you're only able to spend a thousand dollars on this card and you can't go over that if you were to spend that full thousand dollars your credit score would actually go down i know it doesn't make sense it's ridiculous but you need to spend less than 30 percent of that total credit limit again i don't know why they do this but <laughs> it's, it's just setting some you tricky... up for failure they're
0: like tempting yeah, you with so, all this it's, money it's,
1: Right, exactly. It's so tricky. I don't know why they do it, but you must know that it's there. And so I like to just keep smaller type things on a recurring basis subscription to help me increase my credit score. And then for my debit card, I don't really use it too much because I do have a few different types of credit cards. And depending on the benefits that each receive, I may get cash back at a different gas station or a different grocery store. If I'm traveling, I may use that card to get more miles on my next trip. Um, it, it really all depends, but I always make sure to check if I'm within my budget. Just because I know it's a plastic card does not mean that I can spend millions of dollars <laughs> on first class plane tickets. Right.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. So, I, well, I guess you kind of touched on it then, choosing the right credit card for you. So, some websites I've seen have said, you know, just get one credit card. Some, you know, I've heard obviously having multiple because there's different benefits to different ones. What are your thoughts about picking the right? credit card and the right perks for you?
1: Again, it just depends on, I I hate to like bring it up but I just depend on your financial like situation or who you are, what you do. But if you're a student, I love to discover a student credit card. That's what I started off with. That's literally the example. If you get good grades, they'll give you um, rewards and money. If you like traveling, you can use the American Express Marriott Bonvoy card That gives you access and upgrades to any Marriott hotel in the world. Um, There's just so much out there. And so really analyze what you want the most out of your credit card. And it's really up to you. If you're a student, your first time getting a credit card, definitely look for student cards because they have much different benefits than that of, For example, the American Express Platinum card, which you have to pay, I think, $500 a year just to have the card. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is a card that has no credit limit at all. You can spend whatever you want on it. It's basically for the people who are very affluent (laughs) in this world. And so just figure out your personality, what you really want to use the card for. Um, do you want more cash back? Are you an avid traveler? Obviously not during this time, but have you traveled so much? You want to continue traveling and get free first class upgrades, get free nights at your favorite hotel and just go from there.
0: Yeah, that's a good piece of advice. My last question about credit cards, um, which this sounds silly, but I heard this a couple of times, so I'd love to, to either debunk this or confirm this. If you cancel the first credit card you open, that's bad for your credit.
1: Yes, because of the credit history and the credit line. So I still have my first credit card till this day. But what happens is, is that all of that transactional processes that you've been doing on the credit card for so many years is just getting washed away when you close that credit card. So very be very cautious what you're opening your first credit card and the only way in which I would say to close it is that if it had a super high annual fee meaning you had to pay a few hundred dollars to a thousand dollars a month just to hold the credit card that you're not really using anymore and it just doesn't make any sense but for most people it's usually like a starter credit card where it's just kind of over on the side and it doesn't really affect you okay
0: there are credit cards that charge that much
1: yes yeah yeah like
0: chase sapphire
1: reserve um the american express platinum card like all the cards that pretty much have no credit limit um they do have high annual fees
0: makes sense those people that have those cards probably mm-hmm. have the money for it. Got it. All yes. right. Well, we kind of touched about credit. Let's get into that a little bit more. Um, how is credit built? I know we kind of talked about using the credit card, um, but basically just how that's built and what are common ra- ways that we're ruining it and maybe ways that we can fix it. Yeah, so
1: credit is built just by having your credit card swiping, make sure you're paying on time and make sure you're staying within that uh credit limit of less than 30%. It's also built upon the credit history. How long have you had your credit card? If you're paying on time, how many credit cards are you opening within a certain amount of time? There's a few steps that go into it. Um, And so bad things that people can do to their credit is one. again, spending over that 30% of that credit limit, Um, And again, I just don't know why it's it's so (laughs) stupid, this, this part, but it's true. It doesn't make sense. You've got to follow through. I personally think it's not the best idea to do manual payments rather than automatic payments. You may have a super busy December, you know, December 30th or January 1st where you're like, hey, I'm... January 1st, let's say, hey, I'm too drunk from New (laughs) Year's. I can't pay my bills on time. I totally forgot. Um, And what this does is it damages your credit score. And so having that automatic payment to turn on just kind of eliminates the stress, eliminates one less thing to think about concerning your finances. Of course, just making sure that you're within budget.
0: Mm -hmm. I definitely agree with that. That's a really good point. Like if you are busy at the end of the month, I mean, what what are you going to do? Right. So I have auto, I'm right. an auto pay girl through and through. It's more so out of laziness that I don't want to have to remember every month. But mm-hmm. also you have to make sure that you are within your means to be able to pay your bills. So. Um, all right. So let's move in to where to put your money. Uh, I know there's a million places to put it. We've talked about some of them. There's cash, there's the banks, there's stocks and investments and savings accounts and probably so many more that we haven't even touched on. Uh, So what are your thoughts about the different places to put your money? What do you recommend?
1: Depending on your age, first things first, we'll start just like teenagers. Keep it um, in cash and start using your um checking account and your savings account. This is just a good habit to get into as you start getting a little bit older. Um, it actually helps with budgeting too and taking your financial psychology from being, okay, this is just a plastic card that I can swipe to seeing, okay, this is how I'm going to start budgeting. This is going to really affect my financial psych- psychology and prepare myself for the future that I may be making bigger purchases on these types of cards. Um, once you're getting into your late teens like 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 that is when you open up your credit card and you open up your IRA account, your investment retirement account. During the time in which you're young, you should still be making that emergency fund. There is like no if and or buts. I don't care if you're 14, I don't care if you're 22, I don't care if you're 35. Everybody has an emergency at least once in their life where they may need that money. And it really depends going on forward after you have your investment retirement account. What is your financial situation? How much money do you have left? For example, with savings, there's a few different types of savings accounts. There's money market accounts, there's high yield savings accounts, and there are CDs, which are the three most popular ones. With a high-yield savings account, that basically means that you're making the federal interest rate on your savings, which, guys, right now isn't too high. Is then there's money market accounts and CDs, which lock up your money a little bit more. For example, CDs, you cannot op- you cannot really take out that-, that money until um, your certificate of deposit is complete, which is filling up to maturity and this typically has a little bit of a higher interest rate than our current interest rate and the reason people do it and the reason why it's a higher interest is because it locks in the money for a certain amount of time so for example if you were to get a cd before COVID happened where interest rates were pretty good then that would lock in at that two point something three point something interest rate while COVID's happening, you would still be making that 2 to 3% interest rate, unlike everybody else who has their money in a regular savings account who's making, like, less than 0.05% interest right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, No, I have my money, and, and my mom is, like, my go-to when it comes to my finances, and she has dedicated me uh, a lot of my time to making sure my money is essentially in all of these things, Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, she's definitely – pro cds pro high yield savings and making sense of that for me um what about Mm -hmm. stocks and investments though that is honestly probably the most intimidating of the options uh because i know that one's like the riskiest so or maybe it's not the riskiest but it it comes off that way so what are your thoughts on that
1: it's not guaranteed any investment is not guaranteed and so when i think of investing i think of this concept called the money tree where you need to have your budgeting seed which is basically your seed then you start watering that with an emergency fund you start watering that with your ira you start watering with that with some good credit score and then finally you have this tree the small small tree sapling if you want to call it Um, then you have the option to say okay i'm going to start growing out my branches one of those branches could be investing in the stock market But as we all know, branches can be struck by lightning, something can happen and they fall down a lot quicker than that of the trunk. And so in order, I think, to start taking even a look at investing within the stock market or investing in real estate, your trunk, your financial foundation has to be pretty strong. Um, Especially if it's not, you're taking on stuff that's higher risk. And although yes, it may not be as risky as, other things like investing in crypto is going to be higher risk than investing in the stock market but it's still something that you do have the liability of taking a financial loss or losing money
0: yeah i like even get afraid when i put like five dollars gambling in las vegas so i get so intimidated by that but yeah, sometimes it ends up working out. All right. Well, thank you so much. For listeners who want to continue learning um, and making a change in their financial situation, how can people continue learning from you?
1: At Priceless Tay, you can follow me on any social media, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. You can also follow at tapintuit.co T-A-P-I-N-T-U-I-T dot C-O. Um, that is where my businesses, it's a financial education platform. There's many other creators like myself who contribute as well too. It's really awesome, especially if you're intimidated by money and you don't like corporate culture and you just wanna be an everyday person making life-changing moves. That's it.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you for this priceless information and this education here on managing our money. Um, to the listeners, thank you for spending your time with us, and we'll catch you on the next one. See ya. I hope this episode helped. Please subscribe, rate, and review to support the podcast and follow along for more hacks, tips, and failed attempts on Instagram at How Did I Get This Far Pod. Well, that's as far as we will get for now. I'm Amanda Ogan. Thanks for listening.